How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings, how to set up your playoffs, how to determine draft order, how to determine rookie auction values, things like that. Stuff that commissioners might be interested in, like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps. We also answer commissioner questions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check us out. It's a pretty good listen. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Matt, over there is Ryan. It's the Week 7 edition, fellas, and once again, we're doing the most important thing for your Dynasty teams out of every single game. Before we do that, though, we should bring in my cohorts for the evening once again, Ryan, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. I, I decided this week, I felt like I started the show off in a in a bad mood the past couple weeks. So this week I decided to take uh, our buddy Scott Fish's advice. I did not check scores for the most part. I, I've, I've taken a couple peaks, but I'm in a much better mood this week. So Good. Well, we're glad to have you <laughs> in a good mood. Don't look at your scores in a couple of the leagues that we play in together uh, uh, during the pod because your 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 mood may drop real quickly. Matt, how are you doing? My mood is much better this week too. Uh, you know, the the, the, the Rogers <laughs> Devonte Adams stacks let us down last week, but it paid us back this week, Dan. Paid us back big. There's a lot to get to in that game for sure. But we're going to start, as we always do, guys, at least when there is a Thursday night game, with that one. The Giants took on the Eagles. You know, guys, a lot of people were complaining on Twitter about that game being boring or not good football. And I really enjoyed it. It was a little bit of back and forth. We got to see some of the best of Carson Wentz in that game, 359 yards and two touchdowns, plus a rushing score. And Boston Scott came through for those of us that needed him in his one week uh, so far of relief of Miles Sanders with that touchdown late in the game. So, Matt, you you were watching that backfield in Philadelphia throughout the game, and you came away with uh, with one one way to go about things about Miles Sanders. Yeah, you know, missed the game this week. Uh, certainly possibly could miss the game next week with the bye coming up in week nine, so we might not see him until week 10. Uh, and Boston Scott was fine, but I think it's pretty clear that Sanders is the more talented back and is going to have, you know, the, the majority of the touches in that backfield once he is healthy. And I think people are a little bit frustrated with this season. He's had good games when he's been in there, but he's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, and again, as I like to do each week, uh, go back in the DLF trade finder 
Center to look at actual trades that happened within the last week. And, you know, you can get Sanders for a reasonable price right now for a guy that is was my running back 6-7 overall, the guy that we have talked about as, as maybe the most likely back to jump into that top tier. Uh, and and the, the price to acquire him right now are things like a, a, a first-round pick and Jamison Crowder. You know, any any anything in that range I, I think is great. Any, any first plus, uh, you know, maybe even up to up to two firsts I think is a fine price to pay for him. Uh, and uh, also looking back a little bit in the trade finder, we have him going straight up for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a couple of times. As we saw today, he's uh, might be splitting touches with with Le'Veon Bell, so that might be something uh, that you might want to look to pull off as well. So I'm I I, I really want to buy Miles Sanders right now. Yeah, I'd love to buy Sanders as well. He's looked dynamic both in the run, rushing game and in the passing attack when he's healthy. Unfortunately, this injury does come at a bad time, but you're probably right there, Matt, that it could create this buying window that we're all looking for, especially considering the multi-week injury on top of the bye week that's right around the corner. Boston Scott playing well, uh, or at least having a nice stat line towards the end of the end of the game, near 20 fantasy points in PPR leagues. I would say out of that backfield, maybe Boston Scott's the guy to try to sell, even if you are a Miles Sanders owner because of that buy, perhaps. The other thing that I came away with, guys, was Richard Rodgers. That, that Philadelphia offense, they want to highlight the tight end. And even though he's third on the depth chart and uh, Dallas Goddard is close to returning. Rumor has it that it will, could be next week even, but like, more likely that it's after the bye. Richard Rodgers, six catches, 85 yards. Very useful, especially in those PPR leagues. So he's a guy that could be added this week. If there's anything to come away from on the Giants' sideline, it was probably that Sterling Shepard had a nice game in his first game back. Six catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. And Daniel Jones had his best game of the year, 187 yards, two scores, and a pick, but also had those 92 rushing yards. And, and wow, an epic stumble, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see Jones uh, play a little bit better. We have to assume that that probably has something to do with Shepard being back. Um, it's been pointed out pretty often that uh, between all of those all of those weapons that he has, including Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, uh, they've played very few games over the past couple of years together uh, with everyone healthy, and and uh, that's that's the case again. So it's good to have Shepard back. Uh, I'm I'm still a long term believer in Daniel Jones. I'm, uh, we saw some some talk of him uh, being replaced or the Giants. Uh, maybe draft looking to draft a, a rookie in uh, or a rookie quarterback in the first round next year. Uh, I'm not buying that yet. Yeah, and a lot of that came from you know the the negativity came from a really tough start to the season for Daniel Jones. Started with Pittsburgh, then went to Chicago, San Francisco, then the Rams, and now he's had a couple nice matchups against Dallas and Washington, and disappointed. But it was nice to see. Him, him have a little bit of success in a nice matchup against Philadelphia, who's been one of the worst in the league against fantasy quarterbacks for the first half of the season. You did mention Evan Ingram's name, that drop. Man, that was that was brutal. I think Giants fans, they, they know, and, and the Giants in general know exactly what dynasty managers have known for a long time. Evan Ingram can lose you a game week to week. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday games, guys, and we'll start with the Steelers and the Titans. Man, this was a good game, and it didn't look like it was going to be, especially in the first half. The Steelers jump out to that big lead, mostly because of Deontay Johnson, nine catches 
for 80 yards and two touchdowns, but the Titans come roaring back. Uh, Tannehill throws a couple touchdowns. Derrick Henry, he gets into the end zone. A.J. Brown comes through for all of us. Steelers come out on top, 27-24. to Another missed field goal for the Titans. Disappointing for sure. Ryan, one of your favorite players in the NFL, plays for the Steelers, and he had a bounce-back game as well. Yeah, it was good to see Juju Smith-Schuster uh, finally have a, a, a pretty good game. And uh, ironically, I guess it came with Deontay Johnson back in the lineup. And, and Johnson, even though their their stat lines were very similar, it was Johnson that got the two touchdowns and really felt like the go-to receiver in that in, in that offense. Um, so I, I think we were probably burying Juju a little too soon, but of course Chase Claypool, the other story, he had been the alpha for the past two games or so. Uh, just one catch and, and actually lost yardage on that. So in, in the Steelers offense, there's really just not going to be a constant, I don't think. Uh, I mean, we even saw Johnson get hurt again at the end of the game. Uh, sounds like it's just a, a minor ankle injury, so don't, I don't think he misses time. But uh, it, it is going to continue to be a little bit of a merry-go-round with, with those three wide receivers. Yeah, it feels to me, and Matt, you can chime in as well, that this wide receiver core in Pittsburgh, it's going to be a musical chairs and whoever's week it is is going to come through big time, and whoever's fourth or third or maybe even fourth on the totem pole there, maybe even fifth because of Ebron being involved and Connor out of the backfield, that guy's not going to put up a very nice number. The goose egg from Claypool, man, that, that didn't help very many of us. No, but we've seen now this is the third game where Deontay Johnson has left in the middle of the game with an injury. Obviously this week it, he helped us out before he, before he did exit like in like the first two games he missed uh, or he went out early this season. So I kind of want to buy the, the cheapest parts of this passing game, not, not named Eric Ebron and that's James Washington. We saw what he did uh, with seven targets uh, last week without Deontay. And then in week three, when Deontay, another one of those games where Deontay left early. Uh, so any second round pick, I think gets him right now. Uh, if he's going to miss time off and on, if, if any of these guys are going to miss time off and on, Washington is going to come out and, and play well. He led the team last season with with receiving yards, and again, going for a very reasonable price. Uh, you could send Eric Ebron and, and get James Washington and Vance McDonald back. Not that that's really anything, but you know that's that's the price we're looking at right now. David Njoku. So you know, any 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 late second, maybe even an early third in some cases, I think could get James Washington right now, and you have a piece of that offense that clearly we're going to want to have a piece of. Do- going down the stretch if any one of those top three receivers miss time then we know James Washington is going to step step in and produce for us that Steelers team is magnificent it's coming through for Steelers fans as well as dynasty managers at every single level there's production the quarterback's useful they have a running game that's extremely effective and then really between the three of us, fellas, over the last few weeks, we've recommended buying all four of their top wide receivers. Just getting a piece of that passing game seems good. It's just so weird that Ben isn't like a top five option despite all these great weapons at his disposal. How about we flip over to the Lions and the Falcons, the Detroit they went on the road and got a last-second win thanks to Todd Gurley, who couldn't quite go down at the one-yard line. It, Ryan, that looked kind of fake, like pretending like I want to go down, but oh, accidentally crossed the goal line for my dynasty owners. And right, listen, Gur- Gurley, is, he's up there. He's, he's not going to get too many more chances to score <laughs> touchdowns. 
he's he's not he's not going to uh, to pass up the chance. No, he likes being known as a touchdown running back, a guy who can score for well, you. Right? Well, but we know that he's no. he's he's had been in those situations before and has pulled up. So <laughs> it's just straight. He needs him more now, Matt. I think that's what Ryan's saying. He needs him more now than he did. And, and you know that they talked about that in the huddle, like just like just like thirty seconds before. Sure. Got to make it look good, uh, and he didn't quite do it. Uh, Matthew Stafford <laughs> throws the game-winning touchdown to TJ Hawkinson right at the buzzard. Stafford, 340 yards and a touchdown. Kenny Galladay, who was supposed to have this massive game, came through but missing the touchdown. We needed a score, maybe even a second score. Six catches for 114 yards, but it was that running game once again that we want to talk about here, Ryan. Yeah, it was good to see DeAndre Swift, the, the rookie, continue to see his role grow. Um, he actually got out carried by, um, or out touched, I guess, on the ground by Adrian Peterson. Peterson had 11 carries for 29 yards. Swift nine for 27. Uh, but when you look a little bit deeper at their their snap counts, Swift 28 snaps to 18 for Peterson. So um, it, it's going to be a, a little bit of a slow shift. They're they're not just going to completely phase Peterson out of that offense. Uh, but it it's, continues to be good signs for DeAndre Swift and, and his fantasy upside. Yeah, and if you look even deeper, if you really watched that game, you would have seen that Swift had a couple of nice runs taken away, wiped out by holding penalties that really didn't affect the play all that much. Swift was kind of an under-the-radar, really nice game. Only nine carries for 27 yards did get in the end zone for those of us that started him. Also caught the four passes for 21, but Peterson 11 for 29, just kind of dragging people along for a couple of yards plowing forward on the Falcon side Julio he he had eight catches for 97 Kelvin Ridley came through once again five catches for 69 and a score that offense is going to have to keep playing catch up so we can keep using them some interesting news fellas coming out of Atlanta especially in the last week or so as the NFL trade deadline approaches there's no rumblings no more rumblings about Julio Jones getting traded no Matt Ryan get moving on so these guys are going to be useful for the rest of the year at the very least. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns who outlasted the Bengals 37 to 34 behind Baker Mayfield. 297 yards, five touchdowns, did throw an interception, but he was magnificent on Sunday against the Bengals. Ryan, one of his big targets, of course, OBJ though, he goes down when this is worrisome. It is. It doesn't sound good for OBJ. Sounds like it is uh, potentially a serious knee injury, getting an MRI on Monday. And uh, when, when those res- reports start to come out post-game, you know, very rarely is, is there a positive surprise on that. So uh, I think, unfortunately, we, sh- we should assume OBJ is done, at least for a while, maybe even for the year. We hate to see that, but at the same time, when he went out, uh, he went out early, but that's when Mayfield really started turning it on. We saw some of the young players uh, in that offense get a chance. Donovan Peoples-Jones had not caught a pass coming uh, at all this year coming into the game. He catches three balls, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, of course, we knew that Austin Hooper would miss this game and, and potentially next game, the next game as well. And Harrison Bryant had a big game with two scores. So if you're in a shallow league where those rookies are on the waiver wire, they should absolutely be a priority this year or, or this week. And uh, I, with the injury to Beckham, with the uh, 
you know, uh, Hooper status. I think we should expect to see these these young guys play a larger role moving forward. Ryan, a lot of us maybe expected David Njoku to step into that role as that pass catching tight end, and while he did. He he caught the touchdown, two for 20 in the score. It was definitely Harrison Bryant. So interesting to see the rookie make a splash like that in his first real opportunity. Matt, there was one other receiver that came through, uh, kind of been lurking in the shadows. He had a good game last week. That's Rashard Higgins. He could be a potential add as well. Yeah, just add the other Higgins, like you said. A, a good game today with OBJ out, and he's shown a connection with Baker Mayfield in the past. Uh, Higgins himself has been someone who hasn't uh, been able to stay super healthy throughout his career, and he is right now while OBG is out. So, uh, you know, it'll, it'll probably be a guessing game if it's DPJ or, or Rashad Higgins every week uh, across from uh, Jarvis Landry, of course. But, you know, worth an ad if, if you don't get one of those other top guys or as a, you know, an, an Armitage or excuse me, an Armitage play on, on, uh, on uh, DPJ if you don't get him, you know, someone you can probably pick up cheap, maybe even free uh, on your waiver wire this week. Either way, all of these guys need to be owned because the Beckham Jr. injury that Ryan mentioned does seem serious. And on top of it, guys, Jarvis Landry is very banged up with the ribs and and multiple injuries the way the reports are out of Cleveland. He did catch five passes for 48 yards on Sunday, but looked limited. They're going to need those guys to stretch the field, especially if Baker's going to keep pushing it down the field like he did on Sunday. Hey guys, I've talked a lot in the last oh, month, two months about Monkey Knife Fight. Those guys over there created this excellent daily fantasy league that you can play every single week with me. And on top of throwing some money on there and having having a lot of fun with these daily contests, Monkey Knife Fight, if you open an account with a minimum of a $10 deposit, you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. And that also goes for those of you that are already DLF subscribers. You'll you'll tack on the extra year just by throwing 10 bucks in an account and playing a few games over at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Fellas, I played Monkey Knife Fight today on Sunday afternoon in the early slate, and I had a lot of luck. Everything struck right in the... Uh, in the Saints against the Panthers game, uh, all I had to do was pick eight outcomes correctly, and or excuse me, six outcomes correctly. That was the over-under on yardage or how many catches player, players would have times 35 the money. So I threw just two bucks in there, cashed out 70. And you can do that too over at monkeyknifefight.com. It's so much fun. They got DFS games for baseball, basketball, football, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, and all the other stuff that you want. There are no sharks, no professionals. None of those guys are going to go get you when you have that big week and pick everything right, but you're still way down there on the leaderboard. Nope, that doesn't happen. Happen over at monkeyknifefight.com. Get over there, throw some money in, get your free DLF premium subscription and experience what I did today. I did 35 times the cash. So uh, give them a shot over at monkeyknifefight.com. It is a lot of fun. Another thing that is a lot of fun, Matt, is watching that Packers offense when they're not playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> the Packers came out on top 35 to 20 on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers was brilliant. 283 yards, four touchdowns, didn't throw an interception in this one. And Devontae Adams, 13 catches for 196 yards and two touchdowns. 
Jamal Williams filling in for Aaron Jones, 19 carries, 77 yards, and a score. Also had four catches for 37 yards. So what's your takeaway from this Packers offense coming off that big win against the Texans? Yeah, I don't think it's absolutely imperative, especially if you're contending and want to have some depth on your team. But Jamal Williams, I think, you know, before the today and you know, he had an okay performance a few weeks ago as well, but he's he's largely a roster clogger, I think, you know, right on the borderline of that roster clogger. So uh, Aaron Jones is obviously going to be the guy when he comes back healthy. He, he wanted to play today, it looked like, with the team. He's been very conservative with injuries this season, as we saw with Adams when he was ready to come back uh, a couple of weeks ago and they decided to hold him out. Uh, so the same thing's probably going to happen with Jones. But uh, if you can use this opportunity to take Jamal Williams, maybe add a third round pick and pick up a second round, just, to, just something 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 simple like that off of this performance uh, that I think it's worth going ahead and trying to do that just to get you know free up a roster space uh, for yourself especially if you're not contending Matt one thing that popped into my head when I saw that you had this on our agenda to to shop Jamal Williams potentially trade him for that pickup grade or something like that was that on top of Aaron Jones having his contract expiring at the end of this year, so is Jamal Williams. And you could take that one of two ways. Yeah, maybe he has to move on and he plays a role in another offense and you don't know if that coaching staff likes him. But what if Jones is the one that moves on and Jamal Williams is the guy that has been around the block with this coaching staff, certainly has looked good this year. Is there a world where Jamal Williams could be the guy in 2021 in that Green Bay backfield and we could see more of these stat lines that include 19 carries and four catches like he did on Sunday? I, I guess it's possible, but they drafted their their guy this year, right, A.J. Dillon. So it just right. seems like Williams, no matter if he's in Green Bay or if he moves on to somewhere else, it doesn't seem like he's ever going to be the lead back in, a, in an offense. You know, a very reliable guy, not going to fumble, a decent receiver, but he's not going to go out and, and, and crush it each week for a team, right? So uh, I don't really think you're losing that much by shopping him and trying to get that pick, pick up rate regardless of where he ends up next season. Guys, I mentioned Adams, 13 catches for 196 and two touchdowns. The rest of the Packers roster, 10 catches for 88 yards, although they did catch two touchdowns as well. It's the Devontae Adams show. I don't think you can start any of these other pass catchers necessarily, not at least not with any uh, any any guarantee that, that they're going to come through for you on your roster. The Saints, they outlasted the Panthers 27-24 to behind Elvin Kamara, 180 or excuse me, 148 yards from scrimmage. Drew Brees also threw for 287 yards and two touchdowns in the win. Ryan, what's going on in this Panthers backfield? Because Mike Davis was coming through for all of us for many, many weeks. And this week, just 12 rushing yards, catches five passes for 24 yards to salvage his week in PPR. But that's not what we were expecting from Mike Davis. No, it's really not. I know he, he had a tough matchup last week, ended up as the running back 20 uh, then. and uh, But this week, right now, the running back 25 still with a couple of games to play. So uh, the shine is definitely worn off after three straight top 10 games for Mike Davis. And we heard some reports uh, last week that the Panthers hoped Christian McCaffrey would be back in week eight. And I, I think that's... I think that's going to happen at this point based on uh, the play that they've gotten from, from Davis recently. Watching this game, Ryan, and I got to tell the the listeners here, last night we had an open roster spot in one of our leagues, and, and you 
savvily or like a savvy owner, I should say. I, I don't know if savvily is a word. You jumped <laughs> on there and grabbed Marquez Callaway, who came through today. Eight catches for 75 year, yards. Early indication is that Michael Thomas will miss more time. It won't just be a one-week injury now that the hamstring popped up and got him as well. Callaway seems like a guy who could be added off of waiver wires this week. Yeah, hopefully you already grabbed him. I know Sigmund Bloom was uh, pushing him on Twitter on Sunday morning as as a player that should be rostered in all dynasty leagues. And uh, obviously Sigmund uh, carries a lot of weight in this space and, and has a good following. So maybe you already grabbed him uh, like Sigmund did, like we did. Uh, but he he did pop uh, a couple weeks ago when the Saints were dealing with injuries. and And then, of course, the news that really led to everyone picking Callaway up was uh, both the Thomas injury, Emmanuel Sanders landing on the COVID list. Early reports are both of those guys will miss week eight as well due to those separate issues. Um, so it, it, we could be running it back with Callaway again next week. I know, I know he also got a little banged up late in this game as well. So hopefully that's nothing serious, but um, assuming it's not, he's going to be in line for another big role next week certainly is a situation worth monitoring as a dynasty manager this week to see what happens there in New Orleans because somebody's going to catch passes from Drew Brees next week and that guy might be worthy of having in our lineups in week eight. Man, that Buffalo Bills game, they, they won the game, but it was an ugly one. They come out on top 18-10 to 10 over the Jets. Josh Allen, 307 passing yards to go along with 61 rushing yards, but really didn't have that big fantasy day because he was lacking the touchdowns throwing the ball to Cole Beasley who had 11 catches for 112 man there's not a lot of good stuff to talk about here Ryan there's not and I remember just a few weeks ago saying this Bills offense really felt like those other teams that we chase uh, as far as we just want pieces of that team that the Chiefs and the Steelers and the um, I guess until recently the Cowboys but sometimes when you have those productive offenses, you just want any any piece of it, even if it's the backup uh, running back or the, the third wide receiver. And that's what this Bills team was early in the season. They've dealt with some injuries recently, especially at wide receiver. And, and honestly, it just feels like they're taking a step back altogether. And um, I, don't, I don't feel great starting any of these guys right now, even Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. You know, Josh Allen, Ryan, has been banged up ever since uh, ever since his hot start kind of came screeching to a to a halt earlier this month. And, you know, word he's got that big flak jacket on and he's wearing that thing around his shoulder. He kind of looks like a linebacker out there. I'm not really sure if the injury is, is holding him back a little bit. It feels to me like if he gets healthy that this this might be pointing to to just a health issue once he gets healthy he might be able to return to where he was just a few weeks away when it comes to the jets side of things though matt there's not a lot of positive over there for sure, but you found a, a glimmer of hope for Dynasty managers. Yeah, it's exciting. Denzel Mims was active today, somebody we were drafting in the late first, early second round, and, and rookie drafts this season, so it was good to see him get on the field. And and without Jamison Crowder there, uh, immediately tied for the lead, lead the, the team lead in targets with seven. He had the tied for the lead with catches with four and led the team in yards with, with 72, so pretty good debut for him. Uh, someone that uh, we 
should be excited to watch going forward as long as, long as Gase isn't there. And maybe maybe we have to wait for the future. Maybe it's Trevor Lawrence that, that um, ultimately unlocks Denzel Mims. I don't know. Uh, but exciting to see him on the field today. Yeah, a positive step at the very least. I think you said 72 yards, but Mims actually had 42. I know where you're coming from on that one, though. Um, Ryan, LaMichael Pirine also got some opportunities, a few few more opportunities this week, 11 carries for 39 yards and scored a touchdown. Yeah, Pirine, pretty similar situation, actually, to the way it's playing out in Detroit. A, a slow takeover for the rookie Um Piran had 40 snaps, just 16 for Frank Gore, but they both had 11 carries, and Piran gets the touchdown. Uh, so I, I would think even even though both in both Detroit and with the Jets, I, I don't trust the coaching staff, I would think we continue to see more of the rookie. I certainly hope so. There, we got to find, like I said earlier, a glimmer of hope, just a little bit of light in that Jets offense. Maybe it is Mims and Piran. We'll see as the year progresses. Man, there wasn't much for glimmers of light with the Dallas Cowboys. They got steamrolled by the Washington football team, 25-3 to behind Antonio Gibson. 20 carries, finally got that workload that we've been talking about, Matt. 180, or excuse me, 128 yards and had a rushing touchdown, but just one target, which was a little bit disappointing. Terry McLaurin also came through, seven catches for 90 yards and a score, but Andy Dalton had an ugly injury, and CeeDee Lamb had no catches five targets. It was ugly for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I don't know. I was watching this game, fellas, and you can chime in, Matt. It seems like this is creating an ugly black cloud over the Cowboys and all their, all those, all those tools, all the, all the players that are on the team that are so good and guys we wanted so much. It might create a buying window in these dynasty leagues. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I think you're going to have to wait for a little while if we're dealing with Andy Dalton or I guess maybe Ben DiNucci. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he is. He is he a couple? I think maybe it was last, was it last week we were saying Andy Dalton was the the guy we should empty the rest of our fab, fab budget for. Uh, that didn't quite work out. So maybe Ben DiNucci is is that guy this week for another opportunity. Oh boy! But uh, <laughs> probably not. But no, I, I do think you're right. I think all of these guys are buys, but you're probably going to have to be waiting, right? Um, and uh, I think I picked them for the Super Bowl th- this year. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Painful. Guys. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> You're out on yeah. that. You know, I, I'm thinking it's probably the team that's down and out, the rebuilds right now that are are not looking for a lot of fantasy points to be scored for them in the short term. But thinking of 2021 and beyond in the long term, once Dak's back under center, once his contract thing gets worked out, there might be a chance, Ryan, for some of these lower end teams in leagues, if you happen to be struggling to to cash in on a guy that is coming through for you right now and, and transfer that that equity into one of these Cowboys weapons that seemed so strong early in the season when Dak was healthy. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I don't think you're going to get a, a huge discount on CD Lamb yet, but if we have uh, a, a couple more frustrating games like this one, maybe that uh, maybe that shows up. Certainly, would be buying Amari Cooper and even Michael Gallup as well, um, and and Dak Prescott also. I'm I would be a little more hesitant on buying Ezekiel Elliott if I thought I was, you know, even if I thought I was buying low. Feel free to elaborate, Ryan. For those of for those that are listening for the first time and don't know your philosophy on running backs that are gaining years, uh, what are your thoughts on Elliott and buying low on him, even if it is a discount? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's not just that. 
uh, of course, if we're, I mean, with, with the wide receivers, you fast forward to 2021, even if like Matt said, you don't expect to get anything out of, out of these guys this year, they're still going to carry plenty of value and still going to have a huge, uh, they're still going to have a huge opportunity. Um, we were already seeing today talk of, uh, uh, talk about what it would look like for the Cowboys to cut Ezekiel Elliott, um, what the cap hit would be. So, uh, when, when those kinds of conversations pop up, they usually don't, they usually don't end in good news. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't think that's, it's cert- it's obviously not a certainty or something that I would predict yet, but he's got that huge contract. They still have to find a way to pay Dak if that's the way they want to go. Um, yeah, and, and if there is any uncertainty about what team he might play for next year, then I'm certainly out. Yeah, good reasons to to take take a, take inventory of exactly where uh, Zeke is before trying to add him to your dynasty roster. Ten point eight million in dead cap if they cut cut him after this season, though. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to take on that base contract salary of twelve point four million in a trade. But if they cut him, they're certainly losing a lot of money. I guess Jerry Jones doesn't necessarily care about that. Yeah, it's it's a good thing that the former general manager in Houston has moved on, or they might have had a take. Right? <laughs> Three firsts. Hey, hey guys, if you're looking for a new challenge, it's time to start playing over at Dynasty owner.com dynasty owner fantasy football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office and is the only way to play uh play fantasy football with real salaries from the nfl by adding the strategy of running that nfl franchise dynasty owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF for more information on this unique, thrilling fantasy football experience. If you're looking for a new challenge, Dynasty Owner can give you just that. They favor skilled players who can manage their rosters using real NFL salaries within a salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Validate your fantasy football skills today. That's DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. Let's talk about the late afternoon games on Sunday, and it started with a headlining matchup between Tampa Bay and the Las Vegas Raiders. Tampa Bay ran away with it at the end, 45-20, to behind Tom Brady, who had 369 yards. And four touchdowns. Ryan, it wasn't the offense that exploded that we need to talk about, though. It's the missing link, maybe, in that Tampa Bay offense that has dynasty managers worried. Yeah, Mike Evans continues to play a smaller-than-expected role and and just be a frustrating asset for dynasty players to to roster and to start. Uh, We saw... Uh, Ronald Jones and Chris Godwin and Gronk and Scotty Miller all score touchdowns. Mike Evans, meanwhile, got two targets, uh, 37 yards. <clears throat> and this is this is his fourth game this year with four or fewer targets. Uh, so it's just it's not that he's uh, you know m- dropping the ball like he has in the past. That's been a that's been an issue. It's not. Uh, that he's not making the most of his his opportunity. He's he's just not getting it, which is the crazy part. He's uh, coming into this week. He was thirty seventh in the league in targets among wide receivers and forty third in receiving yards. And uh, 
I would expect both of those rankings to drop after his two for 37 games. So uh, kind of, I guess the similar conversation that we've had with, with Juju over the past couple weeks, um, he's, he's definitely not an automatic starter uh, anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Jameis Winston, he's willing to throw it to a covered receiver, which seems to be what Mike Evans is all the time. And Tom Brady simply is not. He's not going to force it in there and give Mike Evans those 50-50 chances unless they're on the goal line and it's pure one-on-one. Mike Evans, two catches for 37 yards. A lot of that didn't come until the fourth quarter and really garbage time. Meanwhile, those other uh, options in the passing game for Tom Brady, they really did come through. Godwin, nine for 88 and a score. Rob Gronkowski, five for 62 and a score. And we all know Antonio Brown is right around the corner. What I wanted to talk about was not the passing attack. It was probably the running attack for Tampa Bay. It's Gosh, I, I fell for it once again. You can't trust a Bruce Arians running game. Ronald Jones, three straight 100-plus yard games, and now he's back to splitting with Leonard Fournette. Now that Fournette is healthy, Fournette had 11 carries for 50 yards, also caught six passes for 47. Meanwhile, Jones, 13 carries, 34 yards. Luckily, he got that rushing touchdown near the end of the game to save his fantasy day. Meanwhile, I don't think, guys, that you can... You can trust a running back playing against this Tampa Bay defense either. They they smother everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fournette and Jones is just going to continue to be um, a, a weekly point of frustration for, for fantasy players all around. And from a dynasty perspective, I'm not sure either one of these guys are, are the future or the long-term starters. So I think we when we're approaching those two players, we should just kind of do it with a short-term uh, mentality uh, as far as if you're looking to buy or sell them either way. Good advice for sure. Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, 10 carries, just 17 yards. Man, that does not help anybody. Three catches for 14 yards in the passing game as well. The bright spot probably for the Raiders was Nelson Aguilar, five catches, 107 yards and a touchdown. He might be floating around on some waiver wires, even in some deep halfway deep leagues. He's a guy to consider moving forward. Uh, the Chargers, they took care of the Jaguars 39-29. to It was a good game until into the third and maybe even into the fourth quarter when Justin Herbert just ran away with things literally. He had 65 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown to go along with 347 passing yards and three scores. Man, Justin Herbert, Ryan, he's the real deal. He is. I mean, this, this guy's a star. It was just... Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were debating if he was a dynasty QB one, a top twelve quarterback, um, and now Locked I think, in, right? yeah, 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 that's that's no longer a debate or or even a question. Um, I mean, he's he's into that tier now uh, with certainly with Josh Allen, uh, with Dak Prescott due to the injury, um, and we're we're not going to keep having games like this. I mean, this is three straight. Uh, top 10 games for him. And right now, pending these last two games, he is the um, he's the quarterback one on the week. And in fact, I, I tweeted this earlier, this game for Herbert was the fourth best uh, fantasy game by a rookie quarterback in league history. So pretty, uh, pretty lofty company with actually Josh Allen, uh, Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. Yeah, he's been impressive for sure, and his main target on Sunday was Keenan Allen. Ten catches for 125 yards, just lit it up all over the field. Oh, man, Mike Williams. We thought maybe for a second that 
He had a coming out party on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago. Just one catch on Sunday, so a disappointment for him. From the Jaguars' perspective, guys, Gardner Minshew, he was fine. Couldn't lead, couldn't get that garbage time, those points that we all kind of hoped he would get when they were down 10 points late in the game. 173 yards and two touchdowns, though, so didn't kill anybody. And then James Robinson, 22 carries, 119 yards, and a score on the ground. The Chiefs and the Broncos tangled in the snow, and the Chiefs won 43-16 to behind a great defensive effort by Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, eight carries, 46 yards, and a score. Also caught a pass for 17 yards. Le'Veon Bell mixed in a little bit, six carries for 39 yards, although he got no targets. Ryan, that backfield, the Chiefs were running away with this thing. And between the two, 14 carries for Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon Bell, but it was a timeshare, it seemed. Yeah, and I think that's what we can expect moving forward. Uh, I think the easy call is if that if that timeshare, if Bell being there drops Clyde Edwards Alaire's price at all, we should be buying. I don't really think it will. I don't think that's going to scare anybody off. It definitely feels like a short term. Uh, situation as far as just the rest of the season i still think clyde is the uh the starter there moving forward uh, but this is this is probably what we can expect as far as the rest of this season that both of these guys are in that uh rb2 or maybe even rb3 range yeah and that's disappointing down the stretch run for all of us dynasty owners that were thinking a layer was gonna uh, Edwards Alaire was going to continue to build up to the strong fantasy finish. And then the bell signing just kind of, kind of douse that fire for sure. Interesting. Patrick Mahomes, just 200 yards and one touchdowns. Better, better days are ahead. Tyreek Hill, six for 55 and a score on the Denver sideline. Philip Lindsay looked pretty good in the first half, nine carries, 79 yards, but then went out with a concussion. So no word on how long that's going to keep him out of the lineup. Once again, maybe another bump for Melvin Gordon in the short term. And then the tight end situation in Denver guys, I want to get your opinion here. Albert Okuabunam, seven catches for 60 yards, caught all of his targets. Noah Fant on the other side, first game back, three for 38. He also had seven targets. Is Albert O, Matt, going to dig into Noah Fant and create a situation where Fant maybe doesn't realize the potential that we all thought he had right away early this season? I think it's possible. It's why I was a little bit skeptical. One of the reasons why I was a little bit skeptical of Fant this season, other, other than the fact that uh, you know, he was probably number three at best in targets that obviously changed for him once Cortland Sutton uh, went down and he kind of moved up to, to sec first or second in the pecking order and then he got hurt. And now we have Okwe Bumam come in who had that connection with Drew Locke in college. So uh, he had actually had four end zone targets last week, uh, did not catch a single touchdown on those four targets, but he did have them and then comes out today and matches the matches fan and targets and outproduces him. So, uh, you know, athletically, you might even be able to say that Okwe Bunam is, 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 is fans equal, if, if not, maybe even a little bit more athletic just based on the, the, the 40 time at the combine right so uh it's going to be interesting these these two are are clearly the top uh options i think right now for drew lock jerry judy has faded a little bit uh for whatever reason um so uh yeah i think that he can definitely siphon you know the top end production off a fan kind of cap his value especially once uh you know they start hooking up in the end zone 
Yeah, there's a lot of upside for both of those tight ends, but they may just hurt each other in the long run. The final games, guys, that were or the final game we need to talk about. San Francisco 49ers go into New England and put a whooping on the Patriots, 33-6. to six. It was a Jeff Wilson show on Sunday, 17 carries for 112 yards and three touchdowns. So if you started him, you are thrilled, but he left with a pretty gruesome leg injury towards the end of the game. Matt, in that backfield, what do we expect moving forward? This is, uh, you know, if Mostert isn't playing, it, then it, this is almost has become the like the Patriots' backfield. We just don't know which one we're going to pick every week, or we're going to pick wrong every week, I should say. Uh, and you know, we're going to get another guy coming back soon. Uh, it's 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 been out there that Tevin Coleman might be coming back in week eight, so uh, he could throw another wrench in the plans. We thought Jared McKinnon was the guy this week, but like you said, Wilson came in and took over. In fact, McKinnon didn't even have a touch until the fourth quarter, uh, which. Uh, it was a total head scratcher based on the way he was playing uh, when when Moster was out before. So uh, I just don't know, which means I kind of want when when we approach these kind of backfields, I kind of want the cheapest guy. And I think right now that is Tevin Coleman, a third round pick. I bet buys him right now just before he comes off of injured reserve. And you know who's to say he's not going to come in and be be the guy as soon as he gets back and is healthy. So uh, it's clearly a productive running game, just like New England. You just kind of have to pick the right guy, and we might as well go with the cheapest one here. Yeah, it seems like it. If you get if if he's floating on a roster that isn't going to be competitive, I'm sure you could probably buy Coleman at somewhat of a discount. The other part of this game for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, two interceptions and did not look all that good despite throwing for 277 yards, most of which it seemed came on like quick tap passes and, and such to Ayuk and Debo Samuel. It was. It really wasn't that impressive of an offensive showing for the players on the field, more so for Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff. They made the, put those players in a lot of good positions to make plays. On the other side of things, Ryan, we have Cam Newton, who, let's face it, since that early season surge and kind of emerging once again as a top 12 option for fantasy players everywhere, things have gone downhill, and he did not look good against that 49ers defense. No, he he did not at all, and of course uh, got benched in the uh, in the second half. And um, I I don't know. I, I won't pretend to understand uh, exactly all of the effects, but I mean Cam Newton had COVID, and he has not he's not played well since. Um, we know Ezekiel Elliott had COVID this summer, and has been a disappointing season from him. So I, I don't want to start making too many assumptions. That certainly can be dangerous, but it, it would be silly to ignore the, the possible impact there. Uh, there was already a report that Cam Newton is the, conti- will continue to be the starter moving forward, so I don't, I don't think that's necessarily uh, anything to worry about. At well, least... when, when his replacement, Jared Stidnam, comes in and immediately throws it right to the defense, it's pretty easy to go back to the former MVP. <laughs> Right, right. It's yeah. There's, there's. I don't think we're talking about a quarterback controversy. So, and, and honestly, even if, it, like you said, even if um, Stidham comes, even if Stidham is the replacement, we don't care about that for fantasy purposes. And for dynasty, this might be the worst team in the NFL. We we bash the Jets a lot and a couple of other teams, but uh, there's not a player on this offense that I that I really covet that I really really want on my dynasty team. 
Yeah, it's really disgusting. When you come to those wide receivers, there's there's some guys who have done it in the past with guys like Edelman. There certainly was a primetime young player that we we all kind of wanted for the long term in New England with uh, Nikhil Harry, who came up small once again, one catch for six yards. And then that running game, it's just always been a mess, and Damian Harris is fine. He's averaging over five yards a carry, but he's not doing enough to be useful for dynasty managers. So, man, it's just it, just, it does not feel like there's there there's much to do uh, much to, much that's useful, I guess, in this New England uh, offense. Matt, is there is is this maybe an opportunity though to to buy into any of these players? The the only one I would say is Cam Newton, and it's I, I put it on there as a question mark because honestly I don't know. I, I like the idea of buying Cam. I don't necessarily think all of uh, the the lack of success that he's had over the last couple of weeks since coming back from COVID is necessarily on him. You know, like you said, there's just there's no weapons here. Edelman appears done. Uh, Harry, he never got started. He already looks done. Jacoby Myers is the leading receiver. So there's just no one there for him to throw to right now, really, out, outside of the running backs, right? So, uh, and, and that didn't even really pay dividends today. So this this is this is possibly a low point for Cam after a couple of, of bad games in a row. I guess it could, but it, it, it's possible he gets worse uh, from a value standpoint. But, you know, on Superflex teams, I still am mildly interesting in buying if someone's ready to just offload him. I don't know if I could get to a late first, but if I can throw two seconds at him or a second and, you know, a prospect or something for to keep Cam for, you know, whether it gets better at the end, towards the end of the season or they find him some weapons and he's the starter again next year. You know, unless the Patriots are just going to be so bad that they're going to be able to get up to get one of these top rookies, it seems like Newton is probably going to be back with, with the team again next season. So uh, it might, now might be the time to buy yeah, it might be. It's uh, it's certainly a messy situation up in Foxborough. Not a lot of positives coming out of that offense, for sure. Ryan, you ready to go check your scores and get back into the fantasy mindset? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I might just, <laughs> I might wait until tomorrow. Yeah, wake up and and be depressed tomorrow, or maybe have a have a positive start to your day. Surprising positive start to your day for sure. Uh, it, it was a good day. There was a lot of lot of action. It seemed like Matt. We right before we went on the air here, you you said that early slate of games was a lot of fun, and there were so many points flying around for dynasty managers everywhere. There's going to be some big scores this week. Yeah, the the whole fourth quarter of uh, Cincinnati and and, uh, uh, and the Browns there that was amazing. Like I think there was five go ahead touchdown scores scored in that game and that, that final play in, in in Atlanta with the Detroit and Stafford coming back. So yeah, it was a great day of, of football. Less less so for fantasy if you didn't have any any Packers, I guess. But uh, it was a good day of football. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for sure. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan. That's Matt. Over there is Ryan. We thank you for listening, and we'll catch you again next week.